Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like me, one simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating also makes this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that'll make this type of abuse worse. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma, and Rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need real support, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org. We'd love to see you in a session today. We have Vicki back on the podcast today. She's been with us the last two episodes. So if you haven't heard the beginning or middle of her story, go there first, listen, and then join us here. Let's just jump right into the conversation. Where are you in the journey to safety right now? Well, physically safe, yes. Emotionally still struggling, <laughs> And it has very much so affected my ability to have relationships with other people. I don't date at all. As far as being able to like have a bonded relationship where, you know, we go hang out, you know, we'll call each other up and just be besties. No, I, I haven't been able to, to do a thing like that. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You are healing. Like I don't date and there's nothing wrong with me. If I were quote unquote better, I still wouldn't date because dating's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with you. I bet it will come with time. What are you thinking? Don't know. I did, of course, BTR group. Vicki, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, maybe you at like 16, what would you tell her? I would definitely say if something feels off, assume it is. And do not let what someone says dismiss something that feels off. Because every time I would express something being off, there would always be this perfect little explanation that was, I feel like, rehearsed just in case. And so I would dismiss it. I would just teach a 16-year-old self, just go with what you're feeling, because if it feels off, it is. And then the other thing I would teach them is we teach people how to treat us by what we tolerate. The most important thing that I learned was it is not compassion to provide a convenient environment for someone to continue sinning and hurting others without any consequence. That's not compassion. It is not your fault. It's not your fault for quote unquote, tolerating it because there are a lot of people who are, I'm going to say kind and someone makes a mistake 
and then the person doesn't continue to abuse them. This was a choice that he made over and over and over and over again. And the only thing that you lacked was one thing. It was the knowledge that what he was doing was abuse. And it was the skills to know what to do when you're being abused. So two things, sorry, two things. But I don't think your compassion was the problem. Because once you know it's abuse, you know, like, oh, this isn't going to help. Right. Well, and the other thing is the lies. I didn't know that every day I was being lied to heavily. Right. Had I known that the reality I was living in was a manufactured false reality, then I could have made better choices and better decisions. But since I didn't lie, I couldn't wrap my head around somebody else who, quote unquote, cared about me lying to me. So I was that just wasn't even in the realm of my (laughs) comprehension. It's so difficult when there's nothing you could do because you don't know. It's not like you knew something and you didn't do it. Yeah. You did everything you could. Thank goodness when you saw it with your own eyeballs and you did know that you did take action. You are brave and strong. How did you find BTR? There was another incident of, you know, clergy betrayal that happened. And I was just so frustrated. And I started searching on the internet for just resources for betrayal trauma. I didn't even know that was a term, but I was like, this is the trauma that I'm experiencing is the constant betrayal over and over by this person and that person that shouldn't be betraying me. And so anyway, that was what I I was doing internet searches on betrayal trauma. And that's when I found it. I found some other, you know, good books and other resources too. But, but this was the one that just jumped out and it was like, oh my gosh, where was this 10 years ago? Where was this 20 years ago? You know, there was nothing to help women. And so that's why I'm just like now, oh, I just want to get this word out. So I don't want even one girl to go through what I did. Before we get back to the conversation, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there, but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue. Or they try to quote-unquote treat the victim and the abuser in the same setting. That's unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. Why I started BTR was I was so concerned that any woman would go down the pornography addiction recovery path rather than the abuse path. She needs to know it's abuse. She needs to treat it like abuse from day one. They use porn. Abusers use porn. Porn is abusive. Even if a woman thinks, well, he was abusive in other ways, but he doesn't use porn, the likelihood of him actually not using porn is almost zero. He might not know, but he does. Yeah, I recently met a lady who was saying that, you know, he was physically and emotionally abusive. And I'm like, yeah, he was also a porn addict. Mm-hmm. He was using porn. If you were able to do the research, you would find that that's true. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I just told sure. her, he was, don't worry about it. Yeah. She goes, well, yeah, there was the one time I took his phone and he freaked out at me, you know. Yeah, exactly. When you found BTR, did you start listening to the podcast or what yeah. was your experience with BTR? Oh, I, I just started devouring the podcasts and I would just cry and cry because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only ones. 
that's validating and sad at the same time. So devastating and healing because there were so many and just all of the information. I was like, oh, I just wish I would have known this before. Just over and over and just so grateful that it's there. I just hope that so many other people are finding this while they're still in it so that they can get education about what's happening. I do find even post-divorce for women who are divorced and they never knew they were abused. They didn't even know porn was happening and they're still struggling. When they find us, I do think that it facilitates healing faster because they realize it was abuse. Then they're like, oh, yes. Because it's, again, a sad commentary on the state of abuse education that a woman can be abused, get divorced from an abuser, continue to be abused post-divorce, and still not know she's being abused. Yeah. The number one reason women don't get out of abusive relationships is because they do not know that they are in one. Yes. I feel like you have a very bright future. (laughs) I sense this. I sense that right now you're still struggling and that you're worried about yourself in terms of relationships. Would you say you have other worries like financial or otherwise, or is your main worry relationships? Yes, relationships. The reason why I have hope for you is this. You seem (laughs) solution-oriented. Your whole marriage, you didn't know it was abuse, and you were just trying to solve problems. And so now that you recognize, like, wait a minute, I, I want better relationships. I want a good friend. That just the desire and the faith and the forward movement. I'm not your coach. I'm not your therapist or anything, but... I'm going to give you a suggestion. Write on a piece of paper one close, emotionally intimate relationship. I'm not thinking boyfriend. I'm thinking like a friend that's a girl, like a neighbor. Just write that and then kneel down and pray and say, Heavenly Father, I don't even know how to do this. This is what I want because I, I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't know how to heal. I don't know what to do. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's other people. The amount of things I don't know about this would fill the universe. I can't heal myself. So I need you to help me. And I also maybe need a friend to show me how to do this because I don't know how to do it. And then stand up and tape it on your wall. And that will be the beginning of your miracle board. Okay. (laughs) Try that out. See how that goes. Because I feel like when we know what we need and we know what we want, we just need to take one step and then the next step will be revealed. And then we take the next step. Maybe you'll get the impression to call somebody in your congregation or go to a movie by yourself. Maybe there's someone else that's going to be sitting there by themselves. You never know. You have a bright future and God loves you. And even if, this is what I say when things get really dark. So are you ready for the really depressing thing I'm going to say? Okay. Here it goes. And even if it's just kind of a struggle and a muddle the rest of your life, we will die eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I would think that, it would always make me a little happier. Am I like the sickest person in the world? I would always be like, oh, I will die. 
and then I will be in the peaceful arms of my savior in the afterlife. So I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse, but that always made me feel better. I'm not afraid of death at all. (laughs) And people think that's weird about me. (laughs) No. Well, after we've been through so much pain, we have the aftermath of something that we didn't cause and we don't know how to fix it. Like going home to a loving heavenly father and a family who loves us is a natural thing. I've never been suicidal. Yeah, I haven't either. I've just been like, not I wouldn't even say anxious, just like looking forward to the relief from the trials and difficulties of this earth life. It's very comforting to have that faith that I don't think that this is as good as it gets. Right. I think it's getting better. That does give me hope and optimism to continue. I've never gotten mad at God been like, why did you give me such a creepy husband, you know, or anything like that? It's just been like, wow, I must have been kind of arrogant. No. When we sat down to plan my life, I must have been like, yeah, bring it on. I got this. (laughs) No. No, no, no. (laughs) All you have to do is look around you. There are other arrogant women who have perfectly loving husbands. So no, that was not the reason. (laughs) the reason why you were abused has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with the abuser abusers i feel like are more and more common because it worked they get away with it and more and more people are like yeah i i could control all kinds of things and all i have to do is be abusive (laughs) all i have to do is be willing to not live according to truth yeah I have to be willing to lie so that I can maintain power, so that I can maintain like the power of I have information that she doesn't have. Yep. I have to be willing to threaten people. I have to be willing to do like really awful things for power, for money, you know, whatever the thing they want to do is. And it's scary. But thank goodness there are people in the world like you. You're not willing to lie. You are a person of principles. And God loves you and he will bless you. I have hope for your future. I I just sense that you really do have a bright future ahead of you. In this life. In this life. And that's the thing. I I have no problem about next life. That is not a problem for me at all. But I've been like super skeptical that there will be anything good in this life. That's why I think maybe a miracle board is what I'm suggesting. Like little goals. Like maybe some shoes that you really like. (laughs) that maybe you can't afford right now you know put that on your miracle board and maybe you'll you'll be like oh my word they're on sale what I can buy them now right so Mm -hmm. if there's like three things that you desire a friend some shoes a pot that that (laughs) will that will help you to cook this thing that you like better you know I don't know whatever the thing is maybe put three things on that and just say Heavenly Father I really need something good something small but something good to happen. I need help hoping for this because right now I don't have any. I, I don't know, but my guess is he'll come through because I feel like it's the little prayers that I say where I always get an answer. Like I lost something and like I pray and I find it. Right. I always get these little prayers answered and I'm so grateful because it helps me know that the big prayers that I said for so long, you know, like that yeah. my husband would be a normal person. Right. That that was not answered, but I did still know that he knew who I was and that he was aware of me through the answers to the little things. Yes. And the little things can build on each other and build on each other. 
we can build a really peaceful, happy, joyous life on all those little things, the simple things. Yeah. Like one friend. <laughs> well, I appreciate that's really good advice. You didn't ask for advice. So now I'm <laughs> like feeling kind of bad. But anyway, I am so grateful that you took the time to share your story with us, Vicki. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And thanks for all the work you do with BTR. If this podcast was helpful to you, please help us reach other women by pushing that follow or subscribe button and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping get the word out. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.